Today's episode is with Braden Olafsson, who represents an independent scouting service across North America called Puck Preps. We discuss the upcoming 2022-2023 QMJHL draft and some intriguing names in that draft. You don't want to miss it, so sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. How's it going, everyone? My name is Luke Salton here from Hockey with LT Podcast, and today joining me is Braden Olafson with Puck Preps. He is the Director of Content and Eastern Canadian Scout. Braden, thanks for joining me. Hey, how are you doing, Lucas? I'm, I'm uh, glad to be here. I'm doing awesome. Thanks for joining me. Um, so getting in things, uh, tell us about yourself and uh, what you do. Uh, my role with Puck Preps, um, I've been I've been around with the with the brand for about two years, just going on two years now. Um, my role is is as you said, director of content and scouting for Eastern Canada. So I play a play a role in obviously compiling the rankings for Eastern Canada, as well as integrating those players into our North American rankings. Um, we do a lot of uh, video content and a lot of um, articles, uh, player profiles, game reports, that sort of thing, but. Um, with puck preps, a big thing for us is focusing on, in some cases, a smaller scope and and really focusing on the quality of our reporting and making sure it's it's at high high level of detail, um, and really we characterize the players in the best light as possible. So um, we really try to highlight players' strengths um, and more more so highlight um, their areas for improvement rather than defining things as a weakness. We we really, I mean, I think as a group we all have a really strong feeling that. Um, these guys are young, the players that we're focusing on. So we've got like on the site right now, we've got 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007 birth years, and we'll be coming up on the 2008s here shortly. But, um, I think we're all yeah. of the mindset that these kids are, are really young and, you know, they're, they're all, none, none of them are going to be perfect and they're all going to have areas to improve. And we try to really focus on, um, writing our content and presenting our content in such a way that it's constructive for players. So I think it provides kind of a good feedback loop for, for our subscribers. Um, it's a subscription-based service. So um, people who read our content, I think in a lot of cases, our parents and families and, and uh, coaches and that sort of thing. And it might just give them another perspective on, you know, what could player X be doing to improve his game and what could he be doing to make himself a more, um, you know, attractive prospect for a certain level that he's, he's striving for that sort of thing. So um, that's sort of where, where, where I fit in and where puck preps fits in. So it's a growing brand and, and um, we're, we're really having a great time, uh, you know, getting established in Eastern Canada. For sure. So you've been there for um, two years. Is this your third or second um, QMJHL draft? And how have you kind of covered the last couple of drafts? Yeah, so this is my third draft. The first one, I got into it um, a little late in the season, but it was also one of the big COVID seasons for prospects. So Quebec didn't play a full season that year. In fact, I don't really think they played any regular season in the under-18 circuit. They played some preseason games. Um, New Brunswick and PEI played some games, some league games, and they ended up having playoffs as well. But that was sort of a, um, you know, introductory year for me, we'll say. And then last year it was, you know, right from, right from the get-go, um, we start off with, uh, all of the under 16 camps for the, for the provinces. I should say, I don't know if New Brunswick actually had one or the Maritime provinces had one last year. Um, but Quebec always has one anyways. And, um, 
anyways, this year, all of those teams, all of those provinces rather did have an under 16 camp in preparation for the uh, Canada games that are going to be in Prince Edward Island this, uh, this winter. So um, that's sort of where things start off. Yeah. And, and our content, like I said, um, around this time. Um, so within the next couple of weeks here, and it was the same last year, we released our preliminary rankings um, and then, you know, weekly, and sometimes, you know, several times a week, we'll have video content or um, or articles come out or, you know, just just post some game reports. Um, you know, for all of us, we're all kind of at a couple of games a week, um, if not live uh, streaming. You know, we use we use a lot of uh, online resources to access player video as well. And I think it's a good supplement, but uh, definitely no replacement for for being in the rink for us. And it's great to uh, to get out and see a lot of the local teams and then uh, and then see the other guys at big events when we can. So that's sort of how the year develops for us. Uh, we'll usually do a midseason ranking as well sometime um, probably after Christmas time. Yep. And then um, a final ranking, obviously, uh, probably three three weeks to a month ahead of the draft, that sort of thing. So this year, it's the 2022-2023 QMJHO draft for the 2007 um, born players. You're kind of starting to get the first glimpse at the players and the prospects. What have you kind of seen in the draft in general, and what are some names that have been intriguing? So, yeah, like, like you say, it's, it's, it's early, um, and we're starting to kind of piece things together. Uh, like I said, we started with the uh, Quebec under-16 camp. All of the other Maritimes provinces had, uh, I should say the Atlantic provinces had had uh, under-16 camps as well in preparation for the mm-hmm. uh, Canada Games. So we've taken all of those, all of those in. Um, last weekend, I was in Dieppe to uh, to watch the pre-Canada Games event or the QMJHL Cup, as they're calling it now, and uh, taking a couple of those events in. Um, a lot of games here and there um, throughout the Maritimes. So, um, so we had the QMJHL Cup in in Dieppe last weekend. I was there to take in some games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some streaming on on Friday and Sunday as well. So that was a great event because you see all of those um, really the top players from the Maritimes um, on the same ice surface in close succession to one another. So excellent opportunity to see those players. Take in, like I say, a lot of club club games from Quebec, a lot of club games from the Maritimes as well. So um, there's been a lot of information to come together so far, and we're starting to get to the point where we can we can put a preliminary list together. And it it really is a preliminary list, but um, we're probably going to release a, a top 25, I think, here in the coming weeks, uh, probably before the end of October or just at the uh, just at the beginning of November. Um, so it's, it's an interesting class for sure. What I'll start, I guess, by saying is that, um, the defense crop this year is probably not as good as it was last year. At least that's, Mm -hmm. that's what we're finding so far. You'll find, I think that Nova Scotia has some, some good defensemen and, uh, and they could be represented a couple of times in the, in the top few rounds, um, by defensemen in particular, um, by and large, the top 10 is probably going to be forwards. And, and that's a kind of a guess, a shot in the dark at this point in the year, of course, but that's how it's shaping up right now. Defensemen, I think in yeah. a lot of cases will take some time to, to fill out their games a little bit better. So um, I don't want to necessarily corner them in anywhere, but um, right now our top 10 is more or less shaping up to be forwards. So a couple of the guys that I can rattle off for you here at this point, maybe I'll start with a couple of the Maritimes guys uh, or the Atlantic yeah, guys sure. are, are representing in, in our top 10 or probably going to represent our, in our top 10, I should say. 
Um, and the first one is probably going to be Liam Kilfoyle from New Brunswick. For sure. um, Kilfoyle is a really smart player. And um, sometimes you don't necessarily notice him on every shift, but it's uh, you don't notice him for good reasons because he's just, he's always in the right position. He makes simple, smart plays to continue the, the progression, you know, through transition and, and set things up in the offensive zone. And then when he wants to make himself known, he does. And, uh, and he yeah. executes really well. Um, another guy from New Brunswick is, uh, is Zach Wheeler who played his under 18, excuse me. He played his draft minus one or QMJHL draft minus one season in the under 18 league uh, last year with the Moncton Flyers. Yeah. I uh, want to tell us cup with them and he's back this year. He's probably going to be a, a massive piece for the Flyers again this year. Um, the Flyers as a whole um, are, are flush with 2007 talent for this draft. Um, not necessarily first round talent, but they've really got a strong team. And I think a lot of those guys are going to be back next year. So there's a good chance. I think that Moncton is again in the conversation for one of the top teams in the Maritimes next year. Um, so Zach Wheeler is one of those guys that's, that's probably going to be in and around the, uh, the first round. Um, and then as far as the rest of the Maritimes go, um, you've got players from Nova Scotia, like Lane Sim, who plays for pick two. Um, Logan Roop also plays for Pictou. I thought Logan Roop had a really, really good tournament at the uh, pre-Canada Games tournament or at yeah. the at the QMJHL Cup. He's a big boy um, and skates really well. I thought he uh, he handled the puck really well too at that event. Um, when it came to quick exchanges with the puck, he was he was super efficient when the puck came to him. It was glued to a stick. Um, you know, very clean yeah. in that respect. And uh, when he, you know, he didn't waste a whole lot of time getting it back up and and getting it moving in the right direction um, for a big guy adds a lot of power in his stride really quickly. Lane Sim is kind of not, not the opposite because also extremely quick, but a lot smaller, but plays the game, you know, very, very quick. Um, again, with him, the puck is on and off his stick. Uh, one of the big highlights of Sim's game is that um, he's always prepared to shoot the puck. Um, a guy you know, who can be off balance or can be in kind of an awkward position, but he can get a really high quality shot off really quickly. Um, and, and weeks, um, I should say Picto weeks um, is, is just going to be really well represented. Yeah. I think in the early ends of the draft, sure. another player they've got is Owen Conrad, uh, big defenseman. I didn't think he had the greatest um, showing at the tournament last weekend, unfortunately, but I still think he has a lot of great tools. And, uh, yeah. and he's going to develop really well, I think, you know, if things break well for him. So um, I'll, I'll be keeping a really close eye on him throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, from Quebec, um, a guy who played, again, with the under-18 league last year with uh, College Esther Blonde in Phoenix is uh, Zach Moran. So mm-hmm. Zach, this year, went down to Little Caesars in Michigan and... Yeah. When you talk about a well-rounded player, I mean, he he might be uh, one of the guys who just has, um, you know, as much going for him as anybody in this class. Um, well-rounded in terms of his offense, for sure. Um, I don't, you know, necessarily identify any massive holes in his defensive game either and, and plays with incredible pace, um, incredible fluidity in his stride. Um, you know, I wouldn't maybe go as far as to say he is the, uh, you know, uncontested favorite for, for yep. first overall this year. But I think mm. in terms of the on ice product with Moran, um, mm-hmm. it's it's tough to top it. It really is. Um, another player who played under 18 last year in his draft minus one season is Nathan Lecomte. 
Um, and Lecomte played with the Chateau Gay Grenaders. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think he'll have another big year this year. He plays very fast, um, almost on the borderline of reckless, but, but not. And uh, yeah. again, a really strong shooter uh, player who can, can get into shooting position and, and prepare himself for a shot really well, but just in general plays transition really well as well. Um, maybe a little bit more opportunity for him to improve his defensive game, but in what I've seen from him this year, he's already improved it quite a bit from, from where he was at last year. So I think that's a great sign. For sure. Now we're kind of looking at PI. Um, is there any yeah. names that kind of intrigue you out of there? Hey, so I was, I was really unfamiliar with what PEI was going to have going on um, prior to the season, but I saw, um, well, I should say one of the events that I haven't mentioned was, was the, um, it was a preseason jamboree for the New Brunswick PEI oh, under 18 sure. league. And that was in uh, that was in Moncton a couple of weeks ago, so it was the preseason rosters, and you know you're looking down the list and you see a lot of 07s and you're wondering, okay, well we don't know if any of these guys are actually going to be on the roster, um, yeah. but one of the guys that caught my eye really quick was Will Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to play with Kensington, or he, he yeah. is playing with Kensington, I should say, and you know right away he stood out to me as a player who. Um, has a lot of his defensive elements um, really well refined already. Um, plays like a man on the boards, like like really strong on the boards, really punishing when it comes to um, stripping the play, stripping the puck off of off of opponents in in the defensive zone on the boards. And I thought he showed really good composure with the puck as well, um, able to identify passes up the gut um, and and execute them really well as well. Um, at that that uh, QMJHL cup event, Prince Edward Island had a tough, tough tournament. And it was just, I think, I think for them, it was more a matter of the unfamiliarity of the team. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different dynamics and that's the case for every province, but it, it seemed to be um, a challenge for PEI anyways. Uh, And I think that sort of played into Will Murphy's game a little bit and it made him sort of feel like he had to do more than what he is used to doing. So his game seemed to be a little bit uncomfortable there, but I think mm-hmm. um, where it's at with Kensington, he's going to have a really strong season and I'll keep a close eye on him. A um, couple other guys, Austin Walker, is going to play yeah. with Charlottetown this year. He's a feisty little forward and um, I want to see how much more power he can add in his skating. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, I don't know how much he's, he's going to grow. Nobody, no, nobody knows how much he's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's not that he's, you know, a diminutive player right now, but he's, mm-hmm. he's on the smaller end. And yeah. the more speed he can add, the more it's going to, you know, impact his game. Yeah. And uh, I think if he can, you know, add a couple of, you know, or reduce a couple of seconds in, in his yeah. first three strides or something like that, I think he'll be a, a player to watch, um, you know, as far as someone who could go in the mid rounds of the draft. Um, Denom, um, I'm blanking on his first name. Yeah. But, oh, wait, but Jacob. Denom. Jacob. Denom. Yeah. Yeah. So he plays at Mount Academy. Um, he really caught my eye actually as a player who seemed to sort of embrace the chaotic environment of that QMJHL Mm -hmm. tournament. Um, so when it comes around to the Canada games this year, I think he could be a difference maker for PEI and, um, you know, I don't really know where he fits right now, but I, I think, you know, depending on how his year, his season goes, he could, he could kind of rise up draft boards. Yeah. I don't know where, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about his game quite yet. Like I said, it's early, but I think, 
I think he could, you know, sort of develop into a, a really impactful two-way player. I thought he had some really good skill on the blue line. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and he's not small. I think he can have a physical impact as well. So mm-hmm. uh, he'll, he'll be a PEI player that I'm going to keep a close eye on. How would you say this Maritimes draft year compares to the past years and kind of of talent level? So where it's early, I don't want it. Like I say, I don't want to box anyone in, but I do think it's a stronger year for the Maritimes by and large. I, I've said that to a few people. Yeah. I think as, as the Maritimes go as a whole, I think you're going to see greater representation in the top few rounds this year. Um, and that, you know, that, that will remain to be seen. Of course, um, you never know how things are going to go with players preferences or teams preferences. But I think as in terms of the on ice product, uh, the Maritimes has, has a lot of good, good skill this year. Um, you know, I mentioned, uh, Lane Sim, he's a player. I don't know if anybody knows quite yet what his intentions yeah. are, if he's going to stay in the queue or if he's going to potentially go to the O. Um, but you know, like, like I said, um, New Brunswick in particular at the top end, I think New Brunswick has really good top end for skill. Sure. Uh, Nova Scotia has incredible depth, like their, their roster for that, that QMJHL cup event and for the Canada games there's not a single player on that, that roster that I'm not interested in. So that's 18 players to 22 players, I think in their case. So a lot of, a lot of depth there. PEI, I think is kind of a black box right now. Those there's those three guys I mentioned. There was, there was a couple other guys that really, I thought had a couple of good strong shifts at that, that event last weekend in Dieppe, Mm -hmm. um, couple of good defensemen, couple of speedy forwards, um, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with all the names right now. Yeah. And I took a few notes at the event, but, um, I think depending on how things go, if they, if they get an opportunity to, um, prepare a little bit, um, uh, prior to the next event, things could go really well for them. And obviously they've got, you know, there's two under 18 clubs in, in PEI. Yeah. I think those players in a lot of cases are going to have a chance to play together or play against each other. And obviously you've got some guys from outer province that are going to be there as well. And then with, with Newfoundland and Labrador, I thought they had an excellent tournament, obviously, um, you know, won the, won the bronze medal. And sure. um, I, I think, you know, between guys like uh, Pettigrew, uh, Jabez Seymour, um, who else in Newfoundland, uh, Wright. And, you know, there's, there's just a number of guys from Newfoundland that I think uh, could be, you know, from anywhere from the, uh, you know, the third round, second round, potentially, on the high end, maybe with Seymour or Pettigrew uh, to, to, you know, stretch, stretch things out throughout the middle of the draft for them. So I think by and large, it's, it's an up year for the Maritimes. Now looking at the draft in general, the, um, the prime of the crop, what do they kind of do to set themselves aside from others in your mind? Okay. Well, one, one guy I didn't mention was Alex Huang, um, who's a defenseman for St. Eustache. And when you talk about people separating themselves, uh, like I said, the defensive crop for this year so far, no one with the exception of, of Huang has, has emerged. And um, for him, it comes down to um, really his, his technical package as a whole. Um, I, I know some people will say, you know, a play, in fact, I shouldn't say some people, everybody will say, and rightfully so players, to play at a high level, need to play smart. They need to have a high hockey IQ, quote unquote hockey IQ. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that wholeheartedly. But one thing that I think I've recognized in my own evaluations over the last little while is that 
you cannot underestimate the value of a player's technical package. Um, and that's where Huang's game is really exceptional. And um, right for, like I say, right from his skating to his puck handling, his, his confidence with the puck on the blue line. Um, what I find with defensemen at this age is that the way that they will stand out is if um, one, one of the ways that they will stand out is if they can make a good read coming out of their own zone um, in terms of making a proper pass and knowing when the time is to make a proper pass and when the time is to just skate it and have the ability to do both. And that's where Huang really separates himself. Guys like uh, the forwards that are in, in the top range of the draft, uh, Philip Veilleau, uh, Nathan Lecomte, Liam Kilfoyle, Zach Moran, um, Jeremy Laranger, uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, guys like that. What separates them right now for me is that the the lack of mistakes in their game, I think. Um, you know, right from the guys that I'm going to consider to be top players in Moran, Kilfoyle, um, they they really, really, really limit the mistakes in their game. They might not have a flashy shift every single time, um, but, you know, you always notice that they have a high degree of skill in their skating, puck handling, um, that sort of thing. But you don't, you know, catch them making a weak pass or catch them making a silly pass or catch them, you know, lagging on the back check or, or, you know, letting up on the forecheck, skating around pucks, that sort of thing. It's just really clean. And especially in the top five range, that's what gives me kind of the confidence to slot players in right now. Um, and I think I mentioned to you before we started recording, there's guys that are in the, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range. Um, for them, it's a little bit less so. Uh, where you do see a couple of mistakes here and there. And uh, and I think that opens that range of the draft right now for me anyways to uh, to consider that other players could could jump in um, higher up. So um, there's there's really high-skilled players in Quebec. Olivier Metcalf um, is a guy who's putting up big points in the under-18 league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's one of those really high-end prospects, I think, who has a lot of skill, makes some mistakes every now and then, but, you know, as, as players jockey for position in the, you know, the bottom half of the top 10, he could be a guy who, you know, is considered there. Uh, Noah Seismant, another really quick player, uh, really agile, really skilled, um, who's also playing for, for Mount Academy on Prince Edward Island this year. So that's, that's the separation element for me. That's the big thing at this point in the year. Yeah, for sure. So if like, let's say an 07 kid came, he walked up to you, he was like, what's one thing that scouts look at what's one thing that like you do to kind of catch their eye or their attention if you're kind of flying under the radar what's one thing that's huge as a scout besides besides scale even in general besides size what's like a big thing well there's things that i don't get a good flavor for because i don't you know have the opportunity to interview these players and, and sit down with them but if i was in that type of a context i think that on its own, you know, a player having the maturity to consider where, where can I improve? That would be huge. Um, if I was on that sort of, you know, speaking terms with a certain player or anything like that, yeah. that would be enormous. Um, because these players are so young, um, and, and so malleable in a sense, um, they, uh, you know, what, what the on ice product is now, can change drastically over the next two to three years and a player having the right sort of mental disposition to acknowledge that 
there may be flaws in their game. There may be opportunities for improvement in their game and actually want to improve. That's huge. If, if that, you know, if we're speaking about, you know, all around things, that would be number one, I think. Um, in terms of the on ice product, it's kind of the flavor of the day for me. I, I, you know, some days I'll be watching a player for the way that, you know, he can get off the line um, in terms of a technical element. Um, some days I'll be watching for things like how well do they have exchanges with the puck? And when I say that, I mean, does the puck bounce off their stick and get away from them to the point where they can't catch up to it? And then what's yep. actually restricting them from catching up to it or what's actually keeping them from doing that? Is something that they can improve? Um, yeah. Sometimes it's just, are they putting themselves in position to get the puck? Are they, are they trying to back off and see the play? Are they just, you know, going too fast, too far, too soon um, and, and not giving themselves the opportunity to anticipate the play. So when you want to anticipate the play, everybody talks about that and you do, you got to be able to put yourself in the, in the right positions to anticipate the play. You can't just be, you know, on the guy's tail every second, every shift, um, because then you don't get the chance to do it. Nobody's that good. I don't think. And if they are, I'd love to see it. Um, And, and you know, I may not even recognize it in that case, but um, giving themselves the space and the time to to uh, anticipate the play and then seeing them actually anticipate the play. With these players, they're kind of in like, do I go to QMJHL? Do I go to the NCAA? You kind of, with your brand you work with, kind of in both um, leagues, um, what's some advice you have to players when making their decision? That's a family decision, um, big time. And it's a huge yeah. decision. It, it really is. Um, I find in Canada, um, especially players, young players, and, and especially in Eastern Canada, players are really attracted to the QMJHL um, and players are really attracted to the CHL. There's no wrong path. That's, that is the bottom line, I think, for, for people to you know maybe bring them comfort. Um, and families to bring them comfort. There's, there's, I don't think there's a wrong decision, um, but on a very specific level, from a team to team basis, um, you know, you want to you want to make sure you're comfortable with the people that that you're talking to. I think, or the people that are giving your, you or your kid an opportunity. Um, I think that's huge. Um, but but between you know between the NCAA between the CHL, nothing's guaranteed. Um, when you have an opportunity, I think it's important to consider and, and you know, consider taking that opportunity, yeah. um, doing your best. Getting ice time is extremely important. Um, you know, if there's a role available for a player in the QMJHL as a 16-year-old, but it's going to be sitting on the bench for 55 minutes a game, um, that's not a role you want, I don't think. So, um and I think, you know, QMJHL teams do their due diligence really well in evaluating where a player's head is at, and that plays into to where they get drafted as well. Um, that's yeah. not, that, that shouldn't be that important to families where you get drafted, I don't think. If, you're, if your kid is, is good enough to play in the queue and he doesn't get drafted until the eighth round because he said he's not sure that he wants to play in the QMJHL quite yet, you're young, that's, that's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, allow the team to make their risk judgment on, on the truth of where your head's at. And if you decide down the road, you're going to play in the QMJHL and you only got drafted in the eighth round or ninth round or 13th round for that matter, it doesn't matter. Um, if you're good enough, you know, a team's going to make a spot for you. For sure. 
Wow, Braden, that's awesome. And thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Lucas. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, happy to come on anytime.